2: to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I am your host, Tony Merkel, and thank you for being here. If you've had an encounter or a story you'd like to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com. That's theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the connection section, and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me, just get a hold of me. Now, for this week's Art Bell iTunes five-star rating and reviews, we have... Cryptid Wolf, CJ Hogan 98, Mailman Brad 1, Pastor J. Bureau, Rich 451, Bear 27591, Prison Doc, Green Lancer 957, Bass Cat Little Dave, Esme Carter, and Just and Nobody Special 1611. Thank you very much for going to iTunes and leaving that five star rating and review. It definitely helps the show gain appearances all over iTunes. So moving on to the Patreon shoutouts, I want to let everybody know we are creeping up on the 200 patron mark. And once we hit 200 patrons, those 200 patrons are going to be put into a raffle and we're going to raffle off some prizes again. Like we did when we hit 100 patrons. So look forward to that as we creep closer and closer to 200 patrons. And this week, Patreon shoutouts is Spencer E, Adrian, Marcos D, Alex S, Eliordo R and Jen L upgraded to the squad. So thank you very much for going to patreon.com forward slash the confessionals and signing up to become a patron to help support the show. It really does mean a lot to me and it really helps keep the show going. So I really appreciate that. Now, moving on here, we have Charles coming on this week and Charles has a Bigfoot encounter where this thing actually seemed to stalk him and the people he was riding horses with one day. And he tells the story of this thing crossing their path. It's very interesting. So let's get right into it. tonight we have Charles coming on and Charles contacted me on Facebook and uh Charles how you doing man Good man how you doing I'm doing great I'm doing great uh so you right now you're driving for work and stuff and actually to be honest with you this is the first time I've actually done an interview uh that wasn't in a controlled environment per se so uh we're we're hoping hoping everything goes good and I'm sure it will cuz your your audio sounds real good right now and so um well you have a Bigfoot encounter you wanted to share with me. And then you were also telling me that you had some uh, demonic things happening more recently to you. Uh, And so why don't we just start off with the Bigfoot encounter that you had and stuff. Uh, I know you're, I know you're, you, you're down in Texas and, uh, the experience happened just outside of Houston, if I remember correctly. So just kind of walk us into what happened, share with us, you know, the details of what, what were you doing that day and, uh, how this thing whole, whole thing transpire.
1: Okay, it started out, man. Uh, I was I I lived in a certain place, and then my sister lived. Actually, my stepsister. She lived about thirty miles away from me, and close to a little town called Cut and Shoot, Texas. Um, I actually, for the first time in my life, I I, I was in a place where I could uh, to to purchase and own a horse and take care of a horse. So I did that, and my horse stayed at my sister's house because where I was at, you know, it was just too small. Plus, I had two kids I was raising on my own. So, my weekends consisted of going over to her place and you know riding my horse, doing stuff like that whenever you know i could uh and we had planned this weekend it was like a it was gonna be a beautiful spring day we had planned to go riding this particular day um so we were up at the break at dawn well, I was up at the break at dawn, drinking coffee, watching the dew settle or the mist settle from the night before because it was like I said, it was gonna be a beautiful day um uh, like the mid eighties during the day, which is perfect Texas weather, especially down there <clears throat> and uh so we'd gotten our horses ready and everything. We hopped on the hopped on their backs after we got finished with the coffee and everything. And we rode to a friend's house because he was going to ride too and get his horse. And so it was my sister, her husband, and then our friend Tommy. I don't know if I was supposed to say it or not, but, um, and we had to get to, we rode to his house, picked him up. <clears throat> Actually, he joined the, the, the crew there. And the, where we were riding is going to be a big, uh, a, a big hunt and lease it was like five thousand acres, and you know it wasn't being used because of springtime. And they were pretty cool with us riding back there. And his Tommy's land happened to connect to the property to the hunt and lease, so we went down his down his property and and uh, took a little shortcut through the woods, and we were out there uh, on the hunt and lease actually. And we had come to this <clears throat> to this big sandy patch that was nothing but sand, and there was no there was no precedent except. There was a bare, there was, there was bare footprint in single file about six, seven feet apart. And the sand was moist and stuff and and it held shape real well whenever it put its foot down. It was a long, narrow footprint that kind of like had more of a point going towards the big toe from the little toe. You could see them all there, but it was really pointy. And I was like, I'm looking at this stuff and, and, you know, everybody else is just riding along casually, like, like. They don't even care about footprints, and I'm like, who in the world is out here barefoot doing this stuff? And I just couldn't get over the fact that somebody was out there barefoot. Man, this place is bad for snakes, and you know, uh, briar patches and everything else. So the last place you want to be is out in the middle of the sticks, you know, going barefoot. Um, finally, I let it go, and we rode for a little while. About three or four hours later, um, we come to a key. And we took a left, and we didn't know it at the time, but it, about four blocks down, it actually ended in a, in, a, in, a, in a metal fence there, and we couldn't get across, and it was just kind of a dead end for us, basically. And uh, along both sides of the fence, in both directions, there was about three or four feet on each side of the fence that, um, that was cut. You could tell they clear-cut it just to get the fence down. So They maintained that little trail along each side of the fence, and uh the road we on we were actually on a little road, but they had clear cut over to the to the wood line, probably about five or six feet on each side, so you know the the total distance is probably the size the width of a of a two lane road basically, and this'll come into play here in a second, but uh, we got to the fence and realized, hey, we couldn't go anywhere, so we turned the horses around started walking back and we got i don't know probably 75 100 feet away from the fence and i had stopped and i was looking down and there was a uh, a snake in the road and the blood was still pulling from his head um running actually from his head and <clears throat> i'm sitting there looking at the snake and i turned i turned my horse around because i didn't look down so like i was right beside it i turned my horse around which had me pointing towards the fence facing the fence again and I'm looking down the snake, and what it is is a little coral snake. And I had the whole thing going, you know, red, red touches yellow, kill a fellow. I was trying to go through all this in my head as I'm watching the snake. And uh, after I don't know about a minute or two of studying the snake, and I was still moving, the blood was coming from his head. I had looked up, and I'm looking dead at the at the dead end fence, or the fence that we had just you know turned away from, and. For about a split second, I'd looked up, and I don't know what caused me to look up, to hold my gaze. Actually, it was probably more like five or six seconds. But I was just staring at the fence, and I was just like, what's going on here? And I couldn't figure it out. And then all of a sudden, this red, red, and the thing that caught me most was was how his the hair that come off his arms. But anyway. It it had taken a run and jump, and before it would even left the fence line or the wood line on each side of the road, on that side of the road, it was already in the air. And I got this perfect view of this thing, this creature, just like right over the middle of the road there, kind of in a real fast running stance. And he had his right leg forward, so I couldn't see no genitals, but I'm sure it was a male because of the way it was built. And for a split second, I saw this thing jump across the road, And he, he, like I said, he was in the air before he left one tree line. And then when he got across the road, he didn't touch ground until after the second tree line. I didn't even see him actually touch the ground at all. Um, and I was just, I was, I was like dumb for a second. then I spun in my saddle real quick and I started to yell out, Hey, did you guys? And I looked back and they had kept walking. They didn't, they weren't even looking the way I was. And I said, I I finished on with, I said, you know, did y'all see that thing jump across the road down there? And they were like, "What thing?" I go just down there. I go, y'all didn't see it, but anyway, something just jumped across the road there. And they were like, "Oh, it was a deer." I'm like, "No, no, no, it was not a no deer, no cow, anything <laughs> else." And uh, I mean, it was a real brief encounter, but and I even then, it wasn't thinking to me, you know, Bigfoot or anything. I'm just thinking this creature, and it was, it was probably. It was probably about six and a half feet tall. It was built kind of like a. It was it was built like a marathon runner, but a lot bulkier. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't this eight this eight thing like no Arnold Schwarzenegger thing. It was it was it was tall and thin, but it was real ripped, and it had you know a a quite quite a good I don't know what you'd call it, but it, it, it was it was just a real tall. Marathon running looking thing that was really cut, cut. That's it. In uh, the muscles, you could see. I mean, you could see every muscle, in, from his chest all the way down. And his hair covered completely, except for a little bit around the face. His eyes. He had looked. He had ha- even had that that. He had would seen that I'd seen him do that. Okay, and then I knew what the well. I'll get to that in a second. Anyway, his, he was looking at his head was still straight. But he was looking at me. I could see him looking out the corner of his eyes as hard as he could, and he had that look in his face like, "Oh God, I, I've just been busted," you know. Um, and his mouth was a little agape, and he had, and like I said, the the hair on his arm. Why that drew my attention and got the most stuck in my head out of the whole picture. I don't know, but I could, you know, the hair was on on his arms were just hanging down. Actually, they were kind of being blown back from the forward motion, um, and they were. Up probably five or six inches. The hair was all over and was about five or six inches long, even on the head. I mean, there wasn't, the hair didn't grow excessively longer than any other hair on him. You know, all the hair was pretty uniform over his body. I mean, I could, and I could, the thing was, he was a reddish color and I could see right through his skin from the position of the sun and the way the whole scene played out in front of me. And it, the skin was almost kind of my color, maybe a little bit more gray than my than my skin, um and i got white skin by the way uh but it had a little, maybe a little bit more gray to it uh, but i mean it was still pretty pink and you could tell that he was he was a young kind of a, a a younger one i'm not going to say how young i mean at the time i was 29 and i was thinking man he's only about 20 years old 23 years old something like that and i just caught so many details but like i said the thing that stood out the most was the hair just hanging off his arm and like and he had, like I said, he had his leg kind of his right leg forward. I was looking at him from his right side, and it was like a 2D picture. It was just perfect, man. And uh his his right leg was forward, so you couldn't see no genitals or anything. But you know, he didn't he had a really cut chest. There was no there was no bulges where his breast should have been, you know, or anything like that. It was just square, you know, kind of square, and you could tell it was just a cut chest from a male. Um wow. And for the longest time that that image of him just hanging just hanging there over the road had just been stuck in my head until and i was like is this thing you know is this image ever going to get out of my head i'd wake up and i'd see it all through the day i'd see it you know this went on this was about let's see the spring of 2003 because in 2004 early winter of 2004 I had met my wife and I'd moved up here to Fort Wayne, Indiana. And I'm, I'm from Texas. I was born and raised in Texas, um, specifically Pasadena, but you know, I really didn't get introduced to the woods till I was about 14 years old and I've had several things happen, but that's another story. Um, it's just, and finally, um, I don't know what else to, I mean, it's hard to, to, I, I can I can look and still see it plain as day, even though there's something else that has been occupi- occupying my mind here lately. Um and that was that was it, man. It was just a real a real split second thing that I just happened to be looking in the right spot yeah. and, and something something pulled my gaze to there and, and held my gaze on that spot for a few seconds. I just I just didn't look up and turn away. I looked up and it was like I was locked on to that spot and then, you know, all of a sudden just creature just jumps out, man. And there it is, just plain as day.
2: Right. Literally.
1: Um, and I was like I said, seventy five hundred feet away. So I got a pretty good look at look at him, you know, and details and everything. And his and his hair wasn't or
3: anything like
1: that. It was like he just stepped out of a grooming salon or something. Like a dog looks whenever you take him out of a grooming salon. It was oh, all
3: you know,
1: no matted hair, no mud, no any other thing. There wasn't wow. Well, I mean I saw, like I said, I saw a lot of details of him, but just the thing that stuck out the most was the hair on the arms. I mean, I don't know really what to say beyond that about that. I mean, it had big, blocky teeth because, like I said, his mouth was open a little bit and uh, his teeth are kind of square and blocky. They were white and um, they had a little gap between them, you know, between each tooth. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, that was that was that situation there.
2: So so you see this thing. Uh roughly how far was it again from where uh you were at, like distance between you and it? The distance between
1: me and it was probably seventy five hundred feet. And I like I said, I'm I'm on my horse, you know, and I'm kinda, you know, I'm a little bit taller than it was sitting on my horse. Um and it it was up in the air probably about 2 feet off the ground the whole trip across the opening so i mean there's no there's no okay. person barefooted that could have made that jump because i mean the rock the road was a gravelly road um and then there was grass on both sides and plus the trees and everything else but to be in bare feet for a person to do that uh, there is there's no way there's no way he would have sure. either slipped on the grass or stepped on a rock or something you know, and would have messed up his jump. The whole, you know, would have messed the jump up or the landing. One of the two. There's just no way it was a person doing that. And plus like I said, it was a red hair. It was a, a reddish brown. I guess more of a brick red um, color. But you know, I could see all the way down through his skin that the the, the hair wasn't thick at all, not at all. And it, like I said, it was about six five. To I'm I'm not gonna say. It was closer to seven foot, but you know, I then again I didn't see it standing, you know, straight up. It was kind of in this running position. Its hands were splayed open, and like I said, his right his right leg was forward, and his left his left leg was towards the back. You know, which first of all, they covered his its genitals and all that. I just you know. So,
2: yeah yeah I, so I mean when this thing jumps across the road and stuff I mean roughly uh the distance it covered, I'm thinking is what uh ten fifteen feet
1: no it was it was more than that it was it it was like uh it was a two lane it was it was about the size i mean the road itself was like a single five foot lane okay, and it was gravel kalichi road, I don't know if you ever heard of Kalichi, but it was that sort of paved or that type of road, and there was probably at least five or six feet on each side that they, had, that they had mowed down before it got to the wood line on each side. So, I mean, five, 15, yeah, I guess 15 to 20 feet okay. on both sides. Or total, I mean. And that's, a, that's a hell of a distance in barefoot. And there's just no way it was sure. the person that made that jump.
2: I mean, you, you saw this thing. I mean, most, most people that have these types of experiences, not, not like yours, I should say it like this. Most people that have a, a Bigfoot experience, not encounter, but experience, don't actually see the thing. And you saw this thing. I'm assuming you're riding a horse, so it's, it's in good daylight. And so you see this thing, you know, jump across the road at you. Uh, now, you saw footprints before you saw it. And what's the time distance between the time you saw those footprints that made you question it to the time you actually saw this creature?
1: Okay, I saw the footprints, and then we were riding for probably, oh, wow, this was back in 2004, so you have to forgive me here. No, it's um, fine. We were probably riding for about 30, 45 minutes, and we come across a watering hole or a mud hole. Actually, it wasn't a, well, was a mud hole, but it was filled with water about four feet deep, and we were riding our horses through it, acting like pools. And uh, probably about another 30, 45 minutes later, we come to that spot in the road where it was where the road that with the gate on it teed into the road we were on. And we decided to take that because, you know, we'd never been down there. Um, and then that's, we ran into that gate and it was a green gate and we didn't know where it was going to run into a gate about three or four blocks down. like I said, so we turned around and started heading back the other way. And I was looking at the snake on the road for some reason. And then I don't know, something, something inside me said, look up. and and i don't know i wasn't i was there maybe two seconds and there it is it just dumps right out in front of me and i'm just like you know there was other things that happened that spring too
0: um
1: and and just even though i was in kind of a denial that you know and i this whole time i'm not thinking bigfoot seriously i'm not man i was not thinking bigfoot at all about the closest i ever came with bigfoot was when i was a child i went to louisiana and uh, that's where my mom's side of the family's from. And that uh, that Legend of Boggy Creek come on. It was like 1974, 75 or something, you know. And I never, as I was growing up, I entertained the idea, but never, you know, never in my life would have been like, you know, never would I thought I'd seen one. And honestly, when I did see one, I didn't really think it was a Bigfoot. I just, some hairy red creature just jumped out across the road or the the little road there in front of me, man. And it was it was life changing, man. That that image has been burning in my head forever. And like I was telling you, man, I was like, is there anything that's ever gonna get this image out of my head? And of course, that was a horrible thing to say out loud. And I was just by myself and I'm like taking this stuff and say it out loud because it seemed like every time I turn around there that creature was in my head, you know. <laughs> Right there yeah. reminding
2: me, you know? Well, I mean and, y you experience something that most people don't experience and uh I- I'm curious though with what you just said, uh that you you know, it's something that you wish you could have out of your head and you kind of felt bad for saying that I, I I'm not exactly sure why, because uh, a lot of people, once they see these things, they wish they never had. And, uh, obviously your encounter wasn't uh, a violent encounter and it doesn't sound like you were terrified. Uh, but no. you know, uh, why, why do you feel that way? Why do you feel like th- that you felt bad for saying that for,
1: for saying be like, is this ever going to get out of my head? Yeah. Type thing. Thinking that, because it was just always there. It was a constant nag and it's a constant reminder. And, and you know, I grew up hunting and I loved the woods. I was more I was more comfortable being in the woods by myself than being with my friends at a skate rink back in the early, you know, 80s and stuff, you know? Yeah. It was just, just the way it was. I was kind of a loner, kind of by myself person, you know, kept to myself. I had friends and we'd do crazy stuff. But, you know, I was just always, if, if it come down to, hmm, hanging at the skating ring and looking at pretty girls or being out in the woods by yourself. Uh, I'd always take the, the, the latter. Of <laughs> um, but yeah, man. And, and <clears throat> I've seen it and it, it's really affected me hunting. Like, um, when I, when I really came to terms with it, it was probably, I don't know, probably 2008 or 2009 after I'd been in Indiana for a few years, and uh, I'd been hunting a couple times, and, you know, I just cannot, it was always there reminding me that it was there in my head, that is, and it kind of made me skittish being out in the woods. I I even went out and bought a Smith & Wesson 500, and I carried that on my chest whenever I went in the woods. As a matter of fact, I I don't leave the house without a gun. And some of my roots take me through country, and I don't ever plan on getting stuck on the side of the road, you know, just in case. Because up here, they start talking about dog man and everything. And, you know, it just, it kind of made me shy about going in the woods, especially in the morning, walking into the woods, you know. And then in the evening, as the sun's already down and you're walking out of the woods, oh, my God, that's, it's, it's a horrifying time for me. And I don't know why. It's just, yeah, you know, that's just the way it is. And I've been doing stuff to try to, I've been trying to face it head on by going hunting and everything, but the thought is always there. And then <sighs> I was just brought myself to thinking and speaking, and I'm just like, please, something, get this out of my head. I don't want to see it no more, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm not going to go out there and go hunt for them anything, anything like that. Uh, but I don't go in the woods without a gun anymore, whether regardless of what I'm doing.
2: Yeah. And that's understandable. Uh, you know, this, the the fact that this thing is red and stuff kind of, uh, and the fact that you didn't feel like you were in danger is almost a contradictory sometimes because, uh, so many people say when they see, uh, these things out there that when they see a red one, that that's the, those are the ones that tend to be more violent and aggressive. Uh, I had actually a guy on my show. Oh man, it was a while ago. I think it was like episode 31. And uh, he talks about experiencing the violent nature of these red ones. He hates them passionately. Absolutely, 100% hates them. And uh, I've heard this before. And, and so yours was totally different. Now, did you get, ever get a sense that maybe this thing, or not even a sense, but did you ever th- sit back and wonder, you know, you saw those prints. And then it was a long time after you saw the print. Like, I mean, we're talking a good amount of time that you actually saw this thing. Do you ever feel like maybe this thing was stalking you at all?
1: Um, I saw the print, and the only thing going through my mind at the time was who in the who in the world was out here leaving print, walking around the woods barefooted, because this is a place where it's full of water moccasins, uh, the odd rattlesnake, and obviously coral snake. And plus, you're wa- out there walking and on this on this land, you know, whoever it is walking on this land, and there's briar patches everywhere. I mean, you can't you can't get. It's like you can't even get to a to a sandy place without walking through a briar patch first. I don't know what the conditions are that cause that, but that's the way it seemed to be there in East Texas. Um, and so, my thoughts were: Who in the world's leaving these footprint? Why are they out here in bare feet? That's my thoughts. There was no other thoughts before then. And then I saw. Oh, something I forgot to add before I saw the creature on that way. When we when we took a left to go down that little road that feed into the main road we were on. My horse, and, you know, I swear if I ever, if, if, if I can ever go hunt with a horse, that's what I'm going to do from now on. Because they will clue you on, and if if you have the sense enough to pay attention to what your horse is telling you, okay, in his own little way. My horse was, the whole the whole trip down the road, he didn't want to be there. He kept looking to his left. His ears were caught to the left. And uh, he, was, he was practically dirking the reins out of my hand because he was wanting to look to the left. The whole time, I mean, he was real skittish. I could just tell when his front legs started getting that herky-jerky feel to him, the ride became just uncomfortable, it seemed like, for the horse. And and he was looking to the left the whole time, and, and this creature jumped from the left to the right, okay? Um, and, of course, you know, it it, it, it it took me even a while just to clue in on that. Well, after the incident, and it was well after I actually... It was well after me coming facing it head on and telling myself, "Okay, this is what you saw in the woods." After I revisited the whole scene, you know, in my in my life about 2007 or 2008, and then I started picking up on all the little things that had been going on prior to that. And then, and the biggest thing was the my horse knew that it was there, and if I would just been paying attention to my horse and even glance, you know, what, what he was trying to do and where he was looking and the way his ears are cocked. Who knows? But you know, I often wondered: was he stalking me, or did we just run run across it by chance? <clears throat> you know, maybe he was going up to our friend's house, and I don't know, getting getting uh, horse feed or or cow feed because they had a they had a little cow that they were raising for 4-H on their property too. So there was there was feed out, and I don't know if he was out of curiosity getting the food from the horses and the cows or or what, and then I think what happened was that we had started going on that little trail ride that day, and he got busted. He spun around, and he took off just as fast as he could across that sandy little area there, and then, you know, all you could see was the footprints in the sandy area. You couldn't see nothing before or nothing after. Um, And the way he took off, we wasn't even really going that way in the first place. So, you know, I don't know if he was stalking, if he had other buddies around. I mean, thinking about the way the horse was acting, you know, they really didn't see clued in on anything else. That My horse's concern was mainly what was still left and him not wanting to be there. He got in a little barn stall real quick, and he wanted to go back home.
2: Yeah, you know, it's funny that you said that because uh, when we had our little mix up there with our, you know, I said, go ahead, finish the thoughts. That was actually just going to be another question that I had. And I figured I'd wait till later, but you covered it anyways, because I was going to ask you, you know, your horse. A lot of times people say the animals know that they're there. They sense something's off. And I was wondering if you had experienced anything that, like that with the horse. Now, you said that, you know, the ladies, uh, I think you said it was all ladies with you that were with you,
1: right? No, no, it was my, it was my wife or my wife, my, uh, my stepsister, her husband, and then a friend of ours. Okay. His name happened to be Tommy. I'm not going to tell you his last name. I probably shouldn't even say that. It's
2: it's fine. Um, So those two people, the two men and the one lady, uh, they didn't, they didn't see it. And no, did they ever mention that their horses were acting up that day at all?
1: No, actually, I don't know. I never really asked about their horses. All I know what was the the plague that was plaguing my horse, and and like I said, even then, even in the moment, I'm I'm just like just go straight down the road, quit trying to turn around and and yank the reins out of my hand. You know, I'm not thinking, hey, there's something off to the left I should be sure. aware of. You know, um, yeah, man. I mean, actually, I here's a little side story. A few years ago, I was hunting on some property, and uh, the guy had horses down there, and they, the horses were minding their own business, nothing going on. And then both of them picked their heads up and they cocked their ears and looked that away. And I looked over that away because I noticed them take that real sudden stance like that. And here comes a, here comes an eight point bus right down the ridge line. So I'm like, man, if I ever get a chance to go hunt with a horse or something again, you know, I'm, I'm there, I'm going because yeah. man, that they are, some they will, they will tail on anything in the woods that, that, you know, catches their attention or spooks them. You just got to be able to, you know, see the sign for what it is and not think it's, you know, happy barn sour. He wants to go home. He doesn't want to be ridden and all this other stuff. After, after we turned around, I mean, he had a. after we turned around and started walking away from the gate before I seen the snake, he had a little bit of a bounce in him. Like he wanted to, to put some distance between us and the gate there. And then, of course, I stopped him when I saw the snake. Because you rarely, rarely, unless you go digging for coral snakes and king snakes in Texas, and you better know the difference between the two. You know, you never see them. And that's why I was just like, wow, why, how did the snake get here in the middle of the road? And uh, like I said, the blood was fresh. It was still pulling, pulling out of his head, you know, still bleeding and huddling around his head and stuff. And his tail was kind of wigging a little bit. Now I don't know if maybe one of the other horses stepped on it or maybe the creeker might have threw it out there to, you know, I don't know, whatever, to spook us or spook the horses or whatever. I don't know how the snake got there. I'm not. And what killed the thing? Oh, I know it was there. And I had had to spin my horse around to, to to take a better look at it. And, you know, my sister and all them, they had kept riding, like I said. And, you know, when I said, hey, did you see, I got that out of my mouth. And then I spun around and I realized that they had kept going the same. that They were off in their own little world. Like, you know, everything's just fine. as dandy. Nothing, nothing major is, is going on here. And I'm just like, you know, still hoping one of them might have said something I, as soon as I said, did you see that jump the road down there? And they were all, what? What is my? was my sister, because she's kind of a loud mouth. And she's like, no, that was just a deer. And I'm like, no. No, no, you're not going to try to push all that stuff on me. You know, I, I I'd sooner believe it was a man that jumped across the road down there, you know, than, than a deer. But uh, but yeah, man, it, it, it just cleared that. And it was about two feet in the air the whole way across. And I was just really blown away, you know, that it because I mean, wow, it was, it was a pretty. They'd have to be some kind of Olympic gold medalist or something, to, to, you know, to do something like that, and then to do it with bare feet in the grass and gravel everywhere, you know. Uh uh-uh. uh Yeah, I'm just not buying the whole person in a big person in a costume thing either. Plus, they would have <laughs> had to know we had been planning all this, you know, and and when to see us get us in the right spot, you know yeah
2: um, yeah and, no i mean i i don't know honesty i mean somebody in a cost i mean how many times can we use that excuse you know like oh somebody in a costume right. really i mean just somebody's in a costume waiting for somebody to come through on a horse just to jump out and try tricking them it, it's just ridiculous right. and plus you're in texas i mean I, I can't imagine it's it's very you know comfortably cool down there and to be in a costume out in the heat and stuff just give me a break I, i'm not buying oh, it you know what i mean
1: <laughs> This costume would have been, had to have been made by, I don't know. Actually, you know, I, I know it wasn't a costume. I'm just going to throw this in there. It would have been more of somebody meticulously super gluing strands of hair all over a person's body because there is no way you would ever see that kind of different definition through a costume. You know, something would be yeah. wrinkling up somewhere or something, but you could see every, every muscle. I mean, just, uh, stuff you only see in like CGI films and stuff, or you know, doctored up movies that you know you can see every muscle in in, a, in an animal or a person. I mean, everything, man. There was no getting around it. Uh, but yeah, he he struck me. I'm gonna say it. Well, I'm pretty sure it's he. But yeah, he seemed to be. And but you know, I about in his twenties. But I've heard, I've listened to a couple of shows that usually there's a lot younger ones kind of look like that even though they're much younger than what, you know, they would appear to be, you know? So I don't know. I, like I said, I was 29 at the time. I'm 47 now. I was a little bit older than 29. I'm sorry. I was probably more like 33 or something like that.
2: Okay. And you estimated the age of the thing in its 20s, right? Correct. Yeah. So like, you know, I've never seen a Bigfoot and, what makes you feel like it was in its 20s? Like cuz I mean I I I think, you know, when you see a Bigfoot, I'm like uh it judging judging the age of it for me would be like trying to judge the age of a tree, you know what I mean?
1: Right, right, I understand all that. The the thing that that ha- got me really thinking about it was several different things. A, the footprints were too nice and neat. There was no big scars or deformity in the footprint. I mean, you could see every ridge line in the toes and the heel, at the whole foot in that track in the in the sand there. I mean, the sand was still kind of wet from I don't know when, but it, whatever it did, it it just it's like it picked its foot up and spread it back down. And picked it. And there was no pulling in or pulling out of the footprint or anything. And you could see all kind of details in the footprint because I they, that kind of stuck with me there for a few minutes before we started the ride there. And you could see every little detail of the foot in that footprint. There was no scars. And like I said, this didn't—I didn't think about this too well after the, the whole event. But there was, there was no scars or anything in the footprint. And then when you, when I saw it, this thing didn't have matted hair. There was no, there was no obvious scars or old old looking skin or hair. You know, there was no gray whatsoever in this thing. It was all uniform in color, uniform in length, no matting. No scars on its body from what I've seen or none of that stuff that you would expect from an older person, you know, over time and just especially being out in the woods over time and the years that, you know, you would accumulate scars, the scars and thinning hair and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And so I thought about it for a while and, you know, it just had to be, it had to be a younger adult male. There's no way it was 40, 50 years old you know thirty years old i wouldn't even put his age over thirty honestly um and i just got that feeling you know that it was a younger guy and and he just wanted to you know i don't know for i don't know if like he thought he had us he was that well out of sight of us you know and, or what but he just looked i i could see it in his i could see his eye or his bright eye anyway he had his eyes his head was straight but he was looking dead at me and his eyes were kind of the uh, the colored area I don't know what you'd call that. it was it was a lot bigger it seems than a person's eye and the eyes were kind of a they were kind of a brownish red look to them um, and they were just wide open as can be like oh crap I was busted you know like he was he was either in trouble or gonna get in trouble because he was caught you know what I'm saying yeah just something like that like hand in the cookie jar moment that you know
2: yeah. And it's funny because you, you said that, you know, he's looking right at you this whole time. I'm listening to your story and I'm thinking of a side profile, maybe because you said the way he ran, you saw the right leg. Uh, but I'm thinking that it's jumping across and it's just, you know, eight point A to point B, but it actually yeah. turns its head and looks at you. So it knows no, that you're it there. Did, it
1: didn't look, it, it didn't look at me. It didn't turn his head. He hi, his head was straight, but his eyes, that's why I could have said I seen the right side, his eyes we're cocked hard as can be looking out the corner of his eye at me yeah yeah i could only see the one eye i couldn't see the other one and it it was it was wide open man and big as can be like oh crap Here in the headlight hand in the cookie jar you know he was busted right then and there and he just had that look in his eyes and you know the way his mouth was open it was just like that sudden surprise that he you just busted somebody doing something and you know that that look they get of they're they're just like frozen in place and you know their mouths all agape and their eyes are wide you know what i mean that's just the way it was man um yeah i wish i wished i would have seen it a full body but like i said man it was like a 2d image man there was a there was a tree line on each side the road was going down the center and this thing was just hanging right over the road there for a split second Right in front of me, and it was a it would if I would have had a camera, it would have been a perfect picture, man. It couldn't have gotten no better. Um, but yeah, man, it was all I've seen was pretty much the right side, his hands were splayed open. And the why why I skewed in on the hair hanging off the arms the way I did, I don't know, man. Is that was just the thing that's that that's just been stuck with me this whole time. You know, I've seen the whole thing, but the thing that got me the most was just the way his hair was hanging off his arm there, on his right arm, you
2: know? How long, roughly, was the hair?
1: Ah, man, it was, I don't know, probably four, five, six inches. No, it was nothing longer than six inches. Nothing okay. shorter than four inches. Yeah, it was It was four to six inches. Um, and it was all uniform, even on its head. It, it was, The hair didn't grow longer than the rest of the body or anything. It was all uniformly and there was no 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 bare spots no wore down spots, you know no uh no thinning spots none of that stuff on it that's another thing that made me think after i got this thinking about it that you know he was a younger he was a younger he was a younger cat man he wasn't no you know plus the way he was he was all ripped and cut and stuff it, it wasn't like you know like a I don't know, like maybe an adult one where you would see, you know, they'd have a, maybe having a little bit of excess around their waist or, you know, something like that. This was all this was all muscle. Man. There was no mistaking it whatsoever.
2: I got you. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, in the in the northeast or not the northeast, uh, the northwest, you know, Pacific Northwest, uh, you know, they're, they're known to be these really big creatures uh, down in your neck of the woods. They uh, from what I've heard that heard they're described a lot of the times like what you just described like a marathon run it was like he was cut he was ripped uh but he wasn't like uh, gigantic and uh, i i always wonder if that has something to do with the environment that they're in down there and things like that uh but it's definitely an interesting encounter story that you have there man uh before we get into the uh more demonic things that are happening in your life right now uh or at least as of recently um just give us a, an instance here, because I know you mentioned it earlier. Uh, you said that looking back after this encounter, looking back, uh, you started thinking about some things that you've experienced that, you know, makes you think more along the lines of Bigfoot activity. Uh, what do you mean by that?
1: Uh, well, I don't know how there's been several instances instances over my life. I, I, OK, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a time span here. And I'm just telling you this because it lets you know the time span that all this stuff had taken place over. Taken, taken place in my life to give you an idea of how much time I've been out the woods. Okay. Um, when I was about fourteen, my parents had bought um, some property on Lake Livingston. We didn't have a house there or anything. All we had was was a little camper and a tent, and and we'd make a weekend thing of it, you know. And that's about the time I really became in became in love with just being in the woods, man. It was like my serenity down moments whenever I could just step foot in the woods and just everything else just melted away, and I was happy. Um, so from about 14 up until, oh uh, wow. Well, well, up until now, I still love, uh, I don't say, I can't say I love being in the woods. I haven't really been love I haven't really loved being in the woods up until, you know, I saw that creature jump across the road. Um, but up until then, so from 14 to about 33, 34 years old, uh, and I've had several things that happened. Uh, let's see. This was when I was about, I don't know, seventeen or eighteen. No, I was younger than that. I was about fifteen or sixteen, I think. uh, I could give you a whole long story of how it came to be, but short story is, I used to go hunting with some friends of mine, and uh, he'd take me to his place because our dads worked together, and I and he had his son, and me and his son would hang out, and he lived out in the sticks, and. We would go out, and whenever I came over, man, it was grabbing guns and hitting, and hitting the woods, looking for anything: hogs, squirrel, duck, you know, whatever was legal at the time. And we were, uh, we were out one day, and we had gotten to a point where we were out on our hands and knees, crawling through this thick stuff. And then we came upon this area. It, it was a perfectly round shape. There was one tree in the middle, and everything had been stripped off of it. It was basically a pole sticking up in this round. It looked like a pit. If you look at it from the top, you think a pit. And there was about three inches of nothing but leaves and, and, and pine needles covering it. And there was this one pole. And, you know, the feeling I, even at that age, the feeling I had gotten was this is like a, it feels like this is a nursery or something. You know what I mean? And it was just a weird thing. I mean, I've seen what pigs do and everything else in the woods they they tear up everything and they'll you know the rest of the places are going to be wallowing spots and you know rooted around and stuff you're not gonna you're not gonna get this kind of activity with with wild pig in the woods and it was just it had a very weird feel to it it felt like it was like some kind of nursery and i could actually see you know thinking about it after having my experience that you know that place was kind of like where maybe a adult females with children would hang out during the day or something. And, you know, we when we crawled up when we got to it on our hands and knees, there was nothing there. I mean, you didn't see anything. And, you know, there's there was in a snowball well I was gonna say something else, but there was no way <laughs> we were thinking Bigfoot, you know? And we're just like, Wow, this is really weird. Um and there was a couple other times when I'd go there that some really, really weird things that happened that you just couldn't you, you could you could Claim I mean, was one thing, but common sense just says, you know, no, that that ain't that ain't it. Uh one time we heard I don't know how much of these experiences you want to hear about. I mean, well, stop me whatever. but
2: okay. Yeah, no, I was just gonna say I mean, that that's kind of like what I was just looking for. Like uh the environment and stuff of you know, because I mean here's the thing you see a Bigfoot and all of a sudden you start running through everything that you've ever experienced out in the woods and you start questioning things. And that's what I was trying to see what you, what you meant because uh, you know, I've never seen a Bigfoot, but you know, doing what I do and hearing so many encounter stories, there are times that I look back through my childhood where I spent a lot of time out in the woods and a lot of time actually, to be honest with you, by myself. And I remember walking into the woods And getting this creeped out feeling when I would enter into the woods. And I never felt like that. All, I, I should say, never, I didn't feel like that all the time. But there were definitely times that I would walk into the woods that I was in all the time. I was, it's not like this is a new area. This is like consistently similar areas. And I would get creeped out. I would always feel like something was watching me. And so a, as an adult doing the things that I do now, I look back at those situations and you hear people say they got this creepy feeling like somebody was watching them, things like that. And you just wonder, was that something or not? Probably not but you know, it just makes you review everything in, in, and you know, that you experienced throughout your entire life. And that's kind of what I was looking for. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like this one experience plugged in a lot of, a lot of cords without any power all at once in my life. Um, like prior to prior to my experience, probably, I think it was a weekend before I know I shouldn't have been out there doing it, but man, I love to hunt. And you know, I had a 30, 30 in my hand. I went back there and sat on the, on the edge of uh, this guy's property where our, a friend of ours, Tommy, and uh, I, was, I wasn't there for deer. I was waiting. I was hoping to catch a hog because I tell you, out of all the things I've ever hunted, hog are without a dog, you can almost forget seeing, forget seeing hogs in the wild. Um, and the only one time I did see them, it was by sheer circumstance. But anyway, I was sitting out there. I got 30-30 in my hand. I'm sitting up against a tree watching a watching little cut-down area. That went off for about I don't know, hundred yards or so, and I was waiting to see if maybe a pig or something would cross the would cross that area and afford me a shot. So um, I'm sitting there, and it's in the evening, and that's when I re- everything should start coming alive. Well, not everything, frogs, crickets, other little things start coming alive, you know. And I'm sitting there, and it's it's, it's dead silent, man, and after about five minutes of sitting there i just all of a sudden i got this feeling like man something i mean i got a gun in my hand and something had creeped me out to the point where i had to get up and leave that area I, I just couldn't i couldn't sit there and i don't know where it came from man it was just this gut My, i don't know this gut feeling said you're in you know this is doom you better move <laughs> you know get out of there and i did i got out of there man and you know, that I was, I wondered about that for the longest time. And then, you know, I saw my, had my sighting there and I'm like, okay, okay. I, I can see where that feeling probably came from now. Yeah. I think it, it had been around because there was the horse would go crazy in their pen at night. You know, uh, the cow would go crazy in their, in his pen at night. And, and there's other things like coyote howlings that I've listened, that I've heard at my sister's place. And now and I now call in the question. Um, but there was there was several inst- instances where you know everything started making a little bit more sense after I had my sighting. And then again, like I said, man, I I, I questioned it initially by asking did y'all see that? And I think I even told my mom and dad that I had seen what I seen, and uh, but nobody had believed me. And my dad and my mom, they know whenever if I see something in the woods, you know they know how the kind of person I am, and I, that I love being in the woods. Um, so they know I would, I would, I wouldn't be mistaking anything for anything pretty much. And, uh, yeah. Um, I don't know where I was going with that, but anyway.
2: (laughs) It's fine. Yeah, I kind of lost it there. Yeah, well, why don't you, why don't you kind of walk us into, uh, what's been happening recently with your, in your life? Because a part of your message to me was that you're having, uh, some, experiences with demonic activity uh more recent within the last couple months and stuff uh so you know tell us what you've been experiencing and also uh I, hopefully you covered in your your story but uh I, i'm really interested in hearing what makes you think that uh if did, did something happen where it stirred up this kind of activity or, or don't you that's, know that's what
1: i've been wondering man um okay Here's what clued me in up to it after, after I listened to your story about the, the, the satanic worshiper, uh, luring in, in your house. And then after that, things kind of started taking a real downturn on you. Um, you know, how, you, you know, just everything started to dra- seem like, well, the way you explained it, and the way I gathered it was everything was seeming like, instead of lifting you up, it was dragging you down, you know?
3: Yeah.
1: And, uh, So I kind of clued in on the there because man, I tell you, I couldn't pick something up or set something down without it falling over. Um, I would get these every once in a while, I get this feeling like I'm not alone in my own bedroom. And, uh, for a while there, I was sleeping by myself. My wife didn't like the snoring and, you know, so she would, she would, hide off to another little bedroom or sleep on the couch in the living room. So it was for a long time there. It was me and my bed by myself. And I, I got a king-size bed. And I'm going to you the layout just because this will be important here in a second. I got a king-size bed. On my wife's side, there's a tannin bed and a big dresser, okay? That runs the length of the of the bed there. And there's probably about three feet from between the dresser and the tannin bed and our, the edge of our bed, okay? There's just enough to get over there and, you know, get dressed comfortably and then leave. And then on my side, I got a little bit more room because I got a gun safe on my side. <clears throat> um, and I have a I have an office an office chair that 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 kicks back. It's not a recliner, it's an office chair that leans back and everything. <clears throat> I got that on my side because sometimes I just like sitting in there kicking back and watching TV. And I don't want to be sitting on the bed for whatever reason. <clears throat> okay. So getting into this now. Um, I've been feeling that way for a while, like, you know, if one more thing goes wrong, I don't know what I'm going to do, because like I said, man, I would set something up and it would fall over. I'd put something down, it would fall over. I get these feelings of, like, something is not really stalking me, but kind of keyed on, in on me really intensely. Every once in a while, I'd wake up, I man, I'd be having bad dreams uh, every night, it seemed like, I'd, I'd wake up in between dreams and t- finally kick. T- Feeling and then I fall back asleep and I don't know a couple of hours later I'd be having another bed dream. Right? <clears throat> well, this happened one night. um I was laying, I was, I was sound asleep. It was I don't know, i'm two or three in the morning. I was laying on my left side and that would have me facing my wife's tanning bed, her side of the bed and stuff. Um, and I was having a horrible dream and then I woke up from the dream and. Um, I woke up from the dream and I had my eyes open a little bit and I never knew what darker than the dark meant until that night. Um, what I seen it was a little short looking thing. All I could see was from the waist up and it was really weird. It had like a, it's head was kind of like tri- triangular with the longer side being towards the, from what I now know as the snout or the nose or whatever you want to call it. And I had two little things coming off the top of its head. And it's it's its arms weren't all the way down, but they were they were like straight out in front of it and there was no hand. It looked think you know, after I finally realized and it took me it took me a while. And I, actually I spent all day wondering, what in the hell was that? But I saw this shadow thingy and it was darker than the dark and it had like an aura around it. And I'm not gonna see the aura was light, but you could definitely tell there was something around it outlining it. And then in the center was just really dark. And it, it, it didn't have a walking motion. It kind of it kind of glided from the head of the bed on my wife's side down. When it got to about the end of the tanning bed, it dissipated. It went away. And then for the whole day, man, I was like, what in the world shape was that? Because I, I knew I'd seen what I'd seen. Because I, I was having a nightmare about werewolves like previously to to right before. And I woke up, my, my, opened my eyes, and just there it was, man. And there was no hands. It, it looked like a, a cloven hook, you know, bang sticking out his, his front legs, and then you know the cloven hook, uh, What do what do goats have? Like, like uh, hooves, or they got cloven feet, or anyway, that's what it was. And I didn't realize this till later on in the day, and then I finally saw it. Oh yeah, I know. Sorry, let me back up a second here. Okay. Um, there was. You you were asking me about what brought this thing in or what might have brought it in, okay? <clears throat> about two years ago, maybe I don't know. Yeah, it had to be about two years ago. I, I go in the front living room and and of course my three I got I got four children and the and the two youngest ones, I don't know if you ever heard of this game, but if you do, you ever hear of it? Avoid it like the plague, man. Goat Simulator. No, never heard of it. Um, you never heard of it? Well, trust me, Google it or something. Um, <clears throat> I was watching a play and I wasn't thinking anything about any I didn't have no I didn't have no foresight of oh this is demonic game or anything they were playing and I'm watching the goat kill people and stuff and it was like the game well I'll tell you what I saw first I'm watching a play and then they got to this little rocky lake that was kind of dark and right there in the, in the weeds on the other side of the weeds and stuff there was a big satanic red circle there. The you know the satanic uh, star. I don't know what you call that thing, um, but it's the star the with the circle around it. The pentagram. The pentagram. Yeah, yeah. It was big and red, man. Just right there. And and in that moment, I was like, okay, that's it. You're, this game is done. You aren't playing it no more. I told my wife that was it. No more of this game. And what she didn't tell me was we didn't have the game. We we'd actually bought it, purchased it uh, on Xbox 360. And uh, so the game's kind of just stuck there. And the other day, actually, I, I, I turned on my Xbox One. My son was uh, playing in my bedroom, and uh, I saw the game come up again. And I'm like, okay, you know, I tried Googling how the hell I get rid of this game permanently. All I can do was, uh, the only thing I could find was hide was to hide the game. So that's what I did. But anyway, this game's all about sacrificing people to saints. Wow. Even if it's just game form. Yeah. So like I said, man, avoid it like the plague because it's, it's kind of like putting your hands on a Ouija board and, and asking anything that's come talk to you. You know what I mean? And uh, so I caught on to that and <clears throat> I don't know, man, if, that, if there was one defining thing that I think might have brought it, invited or brought or something to the house, I, I would have to say that's it, man. Because shortly after that, man, looking back that... For almost a year, man, at least a year, just everything was going south, man everything <clears throat> and uh <clears throat> and then it led me up to where I was in my story there about seeing this <coughs> shadow, which I know now was a was a goat that was not I don't think he was walking because I couldn't see the bottom half of him. he was just kind of gliding across there, and I don't know what you i I don't know if that's called a bath mat or or what
2: well. A Baphomet is uh, more like a half human, half goat entity. It has like a goat head with horns. Uh, a lot of times it's depicted as a human body with breasts. Uh, so that's what a Baphomet is.
1: Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to. There's two other parts of this story I didn't, I didn't get to yet. Um, so <clears throat> this happened over three nights, <clears throat> or I think it was three nights. Anyway, I thought about what that image was all day, and it finally hit me that that's what it was gliding across there and i don't know if it was the following night or the next night but everything kind of started ramping up after i seen the little the darker than dark shadow figure there
3: um what was it oh i was coming out of my bathroom and
1: i just taken a shower i was coming out of my bathroom I i went to shut off the light to exit the bathroom and my bathroom's right there about i don't know the door to my bathroom is probably about six feet away from the foot of the bed there. Okay. And uh, I'm stepping out of my bathroom, and I shut my eyes for a split second. And then this, it was right there in my face, man, in my mind's eye. It was right there. There was a goat, its head, its horns were kind of curled around this time. And it, both eyes were looking at me. And this, it looked like it come up and just like it was put its face right in mine, kind of butted me with its horns. And his mouth was wide open and I could see its eyes glaring at me and stuff. And it was a, it was a whitish silver figure. And all I seen was the, the head of this thing. And it was like right there in my face, yelling at me or trying to scream at me for some reason. I don't know. I don't know if at that point I started to wake up and realize, but you know, I haven't, I have, have I hadn't got on my knees yet to, you know, say, Hey God, help me out here. Um, uh, so that happened and it was a really it was a shocker, man. I was like, where in this image where did this image coming from? You know? I'm just like, what in the world is going on? But I I worked my way past that. And it was the either the night after that or the next night. And you gotta understand, man, I'm having you know, I'm just having horrible luck in life. I can't put something down or pick it up without me falling, without falling out, slipping out of my hand or being knocked over or 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 anything man it's just everything was just seemed like really oppressive and just you know like it I, honestly after after it all got said and done with it, it had me to the point and I'm going to tell you the third instance before I was like hey god you know um but I was in my car after the third time and I'm just like I broke down in tears man I couldn't deal with it anymore I'm just like I had there was like a presence in the car that just wanted me to you know wanted me to end it all on my, you know, make me end it all. And I was just like in tears and there was just darkness in the car and it was like, something was just,
3: you know, right there. But anyway, the the third
1: thing that happened was I'm asleep again on my bed. And this time I'm facing, I'm, I'm laying on my right side. Yeah. So I'm facing towards where my, my chair is normally at. Well, it was always that. And uh, uh, again, I had woken up
3: from a bad dream. And I looked, I opened my eyes and this is the hardest one right here. I opened my eyes and sitting in my chair and, and, and for some reason, my room was much
1: darker this time than, than any other time. And sitting in my chair and I don't know, have you ever had a, I don't know if you've ever been around goats, but have you ever been around one that's kind of looking at you at one eye and he's just kind of locked in on you with that one eye?
2: No, I have no. no I, I can't say I have, it's, man.
1: It's, it's it's creepy whenever they just kind of instead of cocking his head up, it was cocking his head down. But it, it it's just like that. If you ever get around a goat and you're on one side and just watch and see. Oh, you, you said goat on you with one eye.
2: Yeah, goat. Oh, I think you said ghost. <laughs>
1: no, no, a goat.
2: I got a you. Goat. Yeah, I know what you mean. My mother in law used to own goats. Yes, I know what you mean.
1: Yeah. So you know that how they look at you with that one eye. And then it seems like they got a grimace on the face. Fr- well, this is what was staring at me sitting in my chair, looking about two feet away from me. And it it, it was, it had a white face and then it had some kind of blue. I don't know. I don't, I, I hate to call it tribal because the, it, it was, it looked more like it was a rectangular type shape than any tribal thing. But anyway, it had this blue splash on the one side there and it was looking down at me and his head was kind of cock. His head was kind of tall cocked uh, at, uh, so he could see me with the one eye, and he was just, he was just beamed in on me, man, and he had that little smirk on his face like, that's it, <laughs> you know, this is it. And I don't,
3: I don't know what exactly, um, I don't know why that happened. Uh, I mean, there's other things,
1: too, and and the, the whole thing about drugs being a doorway, believe me, it is. I was, a, uh, and I, the thing is I didn't like do illegal drugs or anything, but I take stuff to help me sleep. And, you know, I've been through the whole sleep paralysis thing. That's why I didn't even mention it. I know what sleep paralysis is and I've experienced it before a long time ago. Um, but I, I take stuff to, to help me sleep. And sometimes I don't even do the job because like I said, man, I get bad dreams and then I'm instantly awake. And I know when I'm awake and when I'm asleep and I promise you sure as I'm standing here, man, that, that thing was just sitting in my chair, looking at me like, you know, it's your ass now. And after I saw that, man, I, I mean, I didn't really show no fear. I kind of opened my eyes, saw it and I didn't want to believe it because the whole situation, me and by, me by myself in my room, pitch black. And I got this thing. And so I just closed my eyes and, you know, went back to sleep and hope for the best.
3: Um, but
1: the next day
3: or the day after that,
1: I was, I was on my way home from work in my car and it's just like this overpowering darkness that entered the car. And it was like, you know, you got the gun right there. Just do it. Just do it. What, what are you, you know, just do it, get it over with already. And I'm like, and that's when I broke down, man. I just broke down and it was like, God, Hey, you know, help me out here. And and the thing was, this happened happened like three times. And from that night on, up until here recently which i need to start doing again from that night on man i i'm on my knees there instead of my bible being way at the other end of my dresser beside i've always had it on my bed beside me. not really beside me but that the other side of my nightstand and i got a cross hanging over the bed and you know i believe all that stuff um i moved my bible closer back to the back to my back to me and i put a wooden cross on top of my bible there where it was all in hands reach and you know from that night on, for the longest, well, I'm not going to say a long time, it's been a few months, but, uh, man, whenever, whenever just things don't feel right in the room. Well, first of all, I always got on my knees and prayed before I went to bed, and then I always had the cross in my hand there. And, you know, I started praying to God and was like, hey, you know, this is bigger than me. Can you help me out here? And, you know, things have seemed to you know, gotten back to normal, and I don't know if talking about it's a good thing or not. Um, So I was kind of hesitant on, you know, I was thinking today, man, should I, you know, should I do this or not? You know, tell you about this stuff because, you know, I don't want this stuff coming back, you know. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I understand.
2: And, you know, I'm not like, you know, a know-it-all with any of this stuff. uh, But I do find that these types of things uh, have really as much power as you want to give it as, as, as you allow it. Like, I mean, obviously you don't want that there. It came in, it infiltrated your life. But I mean, I, I don't think personally, I don't think, uh, talking about it is, is so dangerous. Uh, now I've had several people tell me that when they talk about it, things seem to act up and stuff. But, um, you know, for the most part, I, I haven't really had that experience. And the fact that you are, you know, uh, pursuing God through as a solution here, I, I think that's a big plus for you. I mean, that's my that's my own personal theological convictions coming through and stuff. But I think that that's a big help there for you. Uh, but with this experience that you had, man, uh, one of the things you said early on and and it caught my ear was that you said when you were describing the first experience, you you at some point you said snout and then. Right after that you mentioned about how you were having werewolf nightmares. Do you think the two are correlated?
1: No, I think before I before I seen the, the okay. I, I didn't catch the I don't know what you said before werewolves, but if I heard you right, I think I think you might have it backwards. I, I was having this werewolf dream and then I woke up and saw this thing. You know, okay and kinda you kinda do- exiting towards the door between the bed and the and the tanning bed there.
2: And you described it though as having a snout, didn't you?
1: Well, it was kind of weird, okay? You could make out the front the front arm just kind of kind of out in front of it kind of half heartedly like it couldn't put it all the way down to its side for some reason, and you could see that it didn't have hands it had the it had the goat foot or hoof or cloven foot or whatever you want to call it, okay um and the head. Was more like an okay. You take a triangle and you make one side longer than the other, and don't make it like so pointy at the at the top side where it's longer. And then you turn it on its side, and then you put you, you put two things coming out from the back of its head there. And that's basically what I saw, and that's why I was like so hard. I'm like, what the world did I see? It didn't make sense, man. A triangular type head, you know, with two things sticking out the yeah. top, and, and you know the body. Of course, I could see it. It was. Um, like I, like I said, man, I never knew what black, darker than the dark meant until that night. And this was all just recently, Matt. I think it was probably, what, three, four? No, it wasn't four months. Three months ago, something like that, when I first contacted you about this stuff. And it was that. had All this stuff had recently happened, like, not probably two or three weeks afterwards when I had, like, started getting in touch with, with God again and saying, Hey, I can't do this. I need your help here. You know? Um please let your presence fill this room. Whatever it has to happen, get this stuff out of my life. That's what I want. And uh, so, yeah, man, that's why it took me so long to realize all that day. And then finally it clicked to me what it was. You know, it was was an upright, I don't know what the bottom half looked like. And it wasn't really that big. I mean, it was probably four feet tall, maybe. And... I like like I could see was from like its mid waist down. I couldn't, I didn't know what the legs looked like. Cause it, if it, or even if it had legs? Because it looked like it was gliding. It didn't look like it was walking. It looked like it was gliding, and it's and it's uh, his front legs were like straight out in front. Like I don't know, man. Then it had this triangular looking head that you know really didn't match a goat head, and in, in a sense, you know. But that's what it was, man. And then I had,
3: <clears throat> I'll tell you about the dream and why this is relevant, I don't know,
1: but, uh, I was having a dream and I remember the dream vividly because of what I saw before I woke up or after I woke up. Um, I was sitting there staring at a werewolf or no, it was actually just a plain wolf. Okay.
3: And, uh, it looked like a wolf that was standing up on its
1: legs, looking at me. Okay. And then a split second after it started, well, a split second. I don't know how long it was, but that's what it felt like. It started to transform into a more demonic version of itself. You know, the 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 muscles started getting bigger. You know, the hair started getting a little bit different. It started having a more sinister look on its face. You know, the teeth started coming out and everything. And then I woke up a split second later. And then when I woke up, that's what I was looking at. The not the go not the werewolf, but this. But now I can, I consider a goat, man. That's, I, it's, that's all it could have been, you know, there's, and then it was verified the two following encounters. And the third one is one, is the one that really drew it home. The, the, when I was walking out of my bathroom and this thing, and I closed my eyes there for a second, of like I was blinking regularly and it was just, it was, and it was like in my face. It looked like it had ran up and got in my face and screaming at me. You know, there was no sound, obviously, because this was all in my, like, my mind's eye, because uh, my eyes are closed. And I'm just like, whoa, it kind of caught me off guard there. I didn't really step back, but I know I stopped and was like, move my head back a little bit, because it looked like it just came running up from out of the black and just right there in both eyes were it was like it was head at me. And it was head-to-head with my forehead, with his forehead. And both eyes were glaring at me. His nostrils were flared and his mouth was wide open. And you could tell he was screaming. I don't know what he was screaming, but you could tell he was screaming at me, like, I don't always get to scare me. or I'm I'm assuming that's what it was, because I guess the more scared you get, the more, from what I hear, the more power they get. The more scared you are, the more it feeds them. So I'm assuming that's what it was, and I just was like, wow, where in the world did that come from? I had never had that happen in my life,
3: you know? And
1: so, I mean, I and then, you know, I started hearing... I don't know if it's because I started listening to more and more shows uh, after I heard yours, but you know it seems like bath Met's being popped up everywhere. You know, I even looked up a, a picture of a bath Met after all this, and it, and the shadow thingy I saw the, the darker than dark shadow thingy that looked like, uh, except for it didn't have hands. But the, the way the head the the horns just come straight up out of the head that's what you know it reminded me of. But whenever the thing that confronted me as I was walking out of my bathroom when my eyes were shut that one its horns had curled over actually and uh so there was a little difference there and then the one that was in the chair looking at i mean man if i would have got up i'm i'm sh- i i could it's like i could have punched it in the face if i wanted to but i was just like oh my god i'm i'm awake my sleep medicine's kind of kind of working on me here i'm just going to go back to sleep and hope i didn't see what i what i just saw but it was there man i i promise it was there if i if i wanted to i could have probably kicked on the light or or jumped out of bed and took a swing at it and something would have connected um that's how real it was and i was just like and the next day i'm like man where did this come from and you know the funny thing is it's like it singled me out i don't know if it's because i i cut my kids off from, from the game or my daughter she's in the harry potter harry potter crap she's a little older and there's a couple other things that my wife would bring home bring home people's furniture and she brought home a mirror and it's been sitting in our garage forever and uh and i noticed the back of the mirror it looks like one of the screws had been taken out actually it was just taken out a little bit and i never did open the mirror but after that night are you there yeah i'm here after that night after that final night i'm like look get that mirror out of this house. I don't want it anymore here. Because it was just a real creepy mirror to be around. Even though it stayed in the garage between two refrigerators, I was just like, get it out of the house and don't be bringing no home nobody's used crap anymore. So I don't know where this thing I don't know where this thing come from. But, you know, if it wasn't my daughter doing
3: my daughter, my oldest daughter, she
1: at the time she was seventeen. So I mean she pretty much, you know, does did her own thing, and she was in that Harry Potter and all this other stuff and Of course they don't have game and then my wife brings home people's crap and the one and the mirrors for- some, for some reason man me and me i just i don't like mirrors at all i I do not like them whatsoever i can't i will, I will not stand in a room with a, with a mirror and the lights off I won't even leave my bathroom door open with the mirror because there's a mirror in there and I shut the bathroom door Really. Um, But I don't know. I don't know what got it into the house, man, or what allowed it to think it had some kind of authority to be that brave, to be that bold to sit there in my chair and watch me while I'm sleeping, you know. And then, knowing it's fixing to wake, it's fixing to wake me up for whatever reason or however it does it, and I open my eyes and there it is, man, just sitting there looking at me, and I'm just like, what in the world is going on? And then, like a a, a few minutes, you know. A few nights later, I was on my way home. That's when I got in the whole car thing. And like, I was being, felt like I was being oppressed and crushed and the darkness was around me and I couldn't shake it no matter what. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not the most religious guy in the world, but I do believe in Christ and what he did and all that. And, uh, <clears throat> without a doubt, I believe that. And so I just turned to God again and I'm just like, you know, help me out because,
3: there's there's been several things in my life that I don't want to say this that I know God turned it into His glory. My pain became His glory, if you know what I mean. Sure. Okay. Um, and there's been
1: several things. I mean, I I I'd been clinically dead once when I was a child. I've been dropped in the swimming pool, almost drowned. And I could get into a story. That's the story in itself. Even though it was a brief story, it's still a story in itself. Um, just all kind of things in my life, man. That you know that's happened to me. And I'm just you know I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And I needed God again. And you know I haven't had no problems since then. I don't get these, uh, <clears throat> I don't get these weird thoughts in my head anymore. I don't get these weird images in my head anymore. Or it's just everything cleared up. You know. Whenever I called upon the Lord that night, when I in the car, and then you know I got home and I and I put the Bible right there. I started reading the Bible again. You know, I just didn't put it there. I did because of the power it, it made me feel I had. Then I put the cross there, and there were several nights, man, where I held that cross in my hand. My wife wasn't sleeping back in the bedroom for whatever reason, and it was just me. And I would, you know, I'd start to feel, you know, like man, there's there's a presence here again. So I'd grab the cross. And, of course, I always got my gun under my pillow now. You know, I thought that was going to do any good. <laughs> but I guarantee you, if my gun would have been under the pillow at night, and I I, I, felt, I, I guarantee you, I could have pulled a bullet in the thing. I don't know if it would have done any good, but it was that real, man. It, I could have shot the thing.
2: Well, you know, it's, it's funny that you say that because uh... – you know, I've referenced this before on the show, uh, over on Sasquatch Chronicles. West did a show where this guy described killing this thing, and what he described was a Baphomet. Like he straight up described a Baphomet, and then when he went back, uh, it was gone. And so it makes you wonder, like, like, because I mean, up to this, up to that point, I'm thinking Baphomet, demonic entity, things like that can't be shot, all that, and then that happens, and it makes you wonder. Okay, that's a curveball. What what is going on here, you know? So it, it's it's definitely something where you when you just say that it seems so real, it seemed physical like you could hit it upside the head with a bat or something like that, uh it, it it makes sense. I've been hearing more and more different stories like that, and like you said earlier, it does seem like Baphomet is starting to pop up more and more throughout people's stories online. You see it popping up in articles. Uh, I, I see it in pop culture all the time now. In fact, just today, just today, I was driving home from work, and I was behind an SUV. They had a round sticker on the back of their windshield or the back back uh, window of their SUV, and it was a it was a Baphomet. It was a Baphomet sticker on the back of their, their, their SUV. And I've seen these stickers all over this area. They, the, the, um, the sticker is for a Taekwondo uh, place where they, I guess they train and stuff like that. And they teach people how to do Taekwondo. But their logo is a Baphomet. And I've seen this several huh. times, and I've, I finally was in a position where I see it, and I was at a red light where I could actually take a picture of it. And I took a picture of it. I'll post it online, maybe, you know, in the, in the show notes here and stuff. But it's definitely something that's popping up more and more.
1: Um, it got me thinking how I just see it popping up more and more, and then I see it on my Xbox One, again, after I said, get rid of that game. And I, since we paid for it and we downloaded it, you know, I, I tried looking for a way to Deleted on my Xbox One. I couldn't find it. All I could do was I found was a, tab, a, a window that said "Hide Game." So that's what I did. But it just seems like I don't know, man. Is and I, I really don't want to get into the end times thing. It just feels like God's like, hey,
3: this is what's going down. Make up your mind. You know what I mean?
1: That's yeah. what it feels like to me. It just, it just feels like you know God's like, hey, I ain't gonna call too many more times if this is what it takes for you to open your eyes hey this is what's going to happen to you and i don't know if that's the case it's just a feeling i'm not saying there's any concrete proof in any of that stuff but you know over my life god has uh, many things many things that my pain, he turned my pain into his glory and you know even even now i still like hey god thanks a lot you know i know that time was really bad but hey you know what you this is what I got out of it. And eventually, right. you know, it, it 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 he turned my pain into praise to him and how he does it, I don't know, but he does.
2: Sure. There's 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 many testimonies like that uh where, you know, God takes a bad situation turns it for good. Uh, you know, I'm not, like I said earlier, I'm not an expert on any of this stuff. And I, I, I hear people's stories. I try to draw similarities from story to story. Uh, but, you know, I don't know. What what I'm about to say is not 100% cert- certain. Uh, but it does make sense in my mind that that game, if that game was as bad as you're saying, uh, it, it seems like that would be something that would invite Uh, issues into your home. And if you're the one to say to the family, cut it, we're done. You're not doing that no more. Uh, Maybe whatever was invited at a home would target you. You know, it just does make sense to me. It it does. I don't know if it makes sense to anybody else, but for me, it makes sense.
1: Yeah, it kind of makes sense to me too. I just wish I knew that was the cause. You know, I want to find the root cause so I can pluck it out and get rid of it as soon as possible and i've taken steps and even and some of them might seem silly but between the mirror that my wife had brought home not too long ago or actually it's been a while since sitting there for between two refrigerators for a year uh, or the game which i'm kind of getting that the thing that thing going on because <clears throat> that game i'd never i mean i'd seen them play this game but i'd never seen the cover of this game before and then the other day, when my son turned it on and he logged on to his stuff so he could play so he could play his game on the Xbox One instead of the 360 out there, I, there, there it was again. And this face, the goat's face was right there in my face. It had the upturned little smirk on its face, and one of his eyes was kind of more visible than the other, and it was a white color. And I'm just like, oh, my God, there it is. What in the world? You know? I'm just like, no, this ain't happening again. There's no way it's happening again. And I I tell you, man, you should Google that game. I I looked it up, as a matter of fact. All I got is my iPhone right now. My computer took a dump on me. I looked it up, and the game is actually – I'm not sure. I know I read who marketed it, but I can remember it. But the game is actually about your character, which you're the goat, and sacrificing human people to Satan. And then if you search around on the game, if you actually ever play the game and you look long enough, I guarantee you that you'll find that, that big red pentagram right there. It's off in the woods kind of next to a cliff where, you know, how games put a cliff or something right there and you can't go no further. Yeah. And you got to get to that point. And then it's right there. It was playing as day, man. And I saw it and I'm like, no, that's it. No more. I told my wife, right, they were all sitting there. I'm like, that's it. Turn the game off. Get rid of this game. You're not playing it anymore. I don't care what it's about. And my kids just thought it was funny. Like a goat, instead of killing people with it, they take the goat and make it do some crazy stuff. And then you get this real theatrical death that the goat, you know, takes place. I mean, he's flying 100 feet through the air and tossing and turning and all kind of crazy stuff. Okay. But, and I'm thinking, okay, funny, funny games, whatever. Actually, you know, when I first saw him playing, I saw the goat run through the street. I'm like, you know what? for some reason that's really creepy but i i never gave it a second thought after that until it was a couple days later i saw them all playing it in the front living room on the 360 i'm like okay then i saw the pentagram I'm like okay i knew this game was creepy about something i didn't know what but now i know that's it no more and yeah if you you google it man you'll see it and the last thing i don't know how much longer you want to give me here but the but the last really the thing that is kind of comical i guess in a way or maybe it was just dead set on me i don't know um i have three mastiffs. two of them are males that still got their that still got their sacks hanging and both of them are, are pushing 200 pounds each and one of them sleeps on the bed with me Well, oh, he did before my wife started sleeping back in the bed i don't know which i like better honestly but you know, i'm kidding um uh <laughs> and you know the dogs never clued into it i don't i'm just like and that's one of the comforts I've had is sleeping in my bed, knowing there's a 200-pound dog at my feet right there, you know? I'm thinking, hey, you know, when all this is going on and I'm, like, having these experiences before I finally came to asking God to step up for me or help me out here, I'm like, you know, what's up with you dogs? Come on, I feel stuff in this room. You know, what? we're just, why aren't y'all cooling me out And none of them put me into any of it, you know? You know, they, they would lay there and I'd see the stuff and – The dog will be down on my feet, snoring, you know, I'm just like, gotta be kidding me. What do I got you dogs for? You know, and that's, I find that comical, but it was, I'm still kind of upset at my dogs with that, but, you know, I thought it was a little weird that, you know, and you always hear the stories of how dogs, were even like my horse clued in on the creature there, you know, my dogs didn't clue on anything, clue in on anything. And it was physically in my room, you know, with a physical shape. And it was, it was funny. It was, it was really dark. in my room the last time i saw it was in my chair
3: and just locked in on me um
1: and i'm just like and it was really weird i mean you could i could see the face i could see the upturned lip i could see the the one eye locked in on me and then i could see kind of the rest of his head but the further back and the further down i wanted to look i thought i even saw a hand or an arm not really a hand, I guess. Maybe an arm. Maybe it had a hand. It showed a hand this time. I don't know. But it, one of them was kind of on the on the arm of my chair there, and it was kind of kicked back looking at me. And But everything else is just so black and dark. And I don't know if it's because my eyes haven't adjusted or something, because like I said, I had just woken up. And trust me, I know I, I have experienced sleep paralysis, and it was not that. I know I've been taking my medicine long enough that I know what's dream and what's not. What's when I'm awake and when I'm not because trust me even my medicine right now doesn't feel like it it helps me get any sleep so I'm you know I got rid of some really bad medicine I was taking I'll tell you that much Um, then I had neck surgery and I was on pain medication for wow wow several years and I had never experienced anything you know
3: anything taking it and then about a
1: Two years ago, I think it was, or maybe a year ago, they switched me to something else. And I even then, nothing, nothing, nothing. And then it just seemed like ever since that day I called I called my kids out on that game and you know, <clears throat> I just I don't know, everything started going downhill, man. I couldn't the biggest the most frustrating thing was I'd set something down and I'd turn around and it would fall. Any anything i did and there's I, i'd be carrying something in my hand and it would just slip out of my hand and if it was glass it would shatter um or make a big mess whatever it was man i just i'm just like what in the world is going on and i'm thinking dry hands so i you know start lotion and man it just it didn't stop man and it it drove me up up a wall man it i i, I know it does i know it sounds oh real minuscule about hey you know you're dropping things or you touch something down and it falls or i know it probably sounds minuscule and nothing but to me it was a frustrating thing and it just got worse and worse and worse every time i set something down it turned my back and it would fall and i have other stories about being haunted too that i don't know if you want to hear tonight but um definitely and it evolved across a long time ago but anyway so yeah man that's some of my life story uh I hope we got it all where you, it was somewhat, uh, manageable, readable or whatever.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I listen, Charles, I I think, uh, what you have experienced in your home, uh, is something that, you know, a lot of people experience throughout their life. I mean, I'm not saying everybody does, but it's definitely something that more I'm doing this stuff, the more I realize that, uh, these things aren't as uncommon as people would like to think. And so uh, it just to, I, I don't know if this is going to make you feel better or not, but uh, one of the listeners commented, you know, cause there's a chat room going and he said that he knew about that game and it's a messed up game. So uh, you're, you're not alone in that feeling of that game, uh, you know, cre- giving you the creeps or anything like that. So, I definitely think that it's something that maybe you did the right thing, you know, by getting rid of it, getting it out of the house, telling people to stop playing with it. Uh, and hopefully things, you know, start turning up for you here in the the future.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, that was, I don't know, it was probably close to a year ago that I saw maybe a little bit more that I saw him playing that game. So that's it. No more. I saw what I saw on the game and I told my wife She was sitting right there and I was like, look, she looked up, and I said, that's it. They don't play this game anymore. And <clears throat> on the 360, I'm, pro- I'm pretty sure it's probably a little bit easier to erase. But on my Xbox One, man, I couldn't get rid of it. All I could do was hide it. I I don't know what to do, man. And um, it just seems like, come to think of it now, man, that everything started going bad about the same time that I was like, hey, no more of this game. I don't care what, because I might not be, I might not walk around with a Bible in my hand. I might not go to church like I should. I might not pray like I should. But,
3: man, I just knew that, hey, there's no
1: more in the story. You're not doing it. I better not catch you playing it. Um, And I don't know, maybe that was some, I'm I'm hoping maybe that was a gateway. And I I can shut the door on this chapter and be done with it because, you
3: know, just the, just the physical or the physical, the
1: mental stress between, and you know, why, why is it that I keep coming back to the same thing of things falling whenever I set them down? Why? I don't I don't understand why that I make a big deal about that. Maybe it seems kind of ludicrous. I don't know that that's the thing, but there, you know, there's other things that, you know, I've had bad luck with. I've never been a lucky person, but, these past couple of years, the past especially this flat two thousand and seventeen just seemed like it was horrible, man, and it felt like some of actually some of it did carry over in two thousand and eighteen and you know, and I just it finally got me to a point where I got to like I said, man, call on God, I couldn't do it
2: the whole idea of you know dropping things a lot, things falling over uh it, that's not an uncommon thing Is i mean maybe, I'm not saying that specifically, but it's just, it's a very common thing for people to notice that things are falling over. Uh, and you just start noticing it happening more and more. Uh, you know, maybe you have like a, a, you know, boxes that were sitting against a wall for two weeks straight. And all of a sudden, they just all topple over or the little things, right? But once you start connecting the dots and you start seeing it happen more and more uh, consistently, that's when you kind of raise an eyebrow to it. And then on top of that, right around that same time, having the experiences that you had, uh, I can totally understand why, uh, you feel that way. Now, is it related? I I don't know, but I can understand why you feel like that personally. Uh, so it's definitely, it's definitely something going on there, man. And I just think that, uh, you trying to get rid of the game the best you could was a good move. Uh, so, um, you know, on that note, Charles, I, I appreciate you coming on and sharing this story. And, uh, you know, if you have more to share stuff, maybe we can have you come back for a, a patrons-only show where people can call into the show and ask you questions themselves and things like that, you know?
1: Yeah, man. Well, I hope it was that good for you. It, I, mean, I mean, to me, it sounds kind of like, hmm, why would you want to talk to me in the first place? Because I go on, man, and sometimes I don't even make sense to myself. I'm sure it was hard for you, for anybody who might be listening or you to say, hey, man. This guy isn't making sense half the time, but, you know, that's, that's the way I am. That's the way I talk.
2: That's no, way, Char- I Charles, think. I'll tell you, man, like you've been a delight to talk to and there's been several times you would say something during the interview and I had my mic muted and I would just start laughing because like when you talked about your dog's sack, I'm like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> I was just rolling. So, no, it's been a pleasure, Charles, and I appreciate talking to you, man. <laughs> All right, man. All right, take care. See ya. Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, there are three things you could do to help support the show. One, you can go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review. Two, go to patreon.com forward slash The Confessionals and sign up to become a patron to help support the show on a monthly basis. Or three, you can highlight the link to the show that you're listening to right now and share it around social media. Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, it doesn't matter where. But if you're on social media, go ahead and share this show. That would help me out a great deal as well. And I want to let you know that today's outro music is brought to you by a rap group called Destiny Lab, and the song is called Paranormal Species. I hope you enjoy it. Take care, stay safe, and remember, the truth will set you free, but first it will piss you off. Bye.
0: This isn't the chupacabra. Remind you? I just want to remind you. No, this is something huge. This is something that reminds me of the Mothman stories of Point Pleasant and how the Mothman has scared the living daylights out of me because when I'm in the dark, I wouldn't want two big red eyes staring at me from the window, tapping on the window, and then I look out and I see something hunched over with big wings. Or a flying demon, or something. I don't want that anywhere near me. What are these creatures that so confound us from the Mothman? To the Chupacabras, the Bigfoot, the some call a Sasquatch. Legendary icons like monster mascots. The Loch Ness Monster, the Jersey Devil. Creepy shadow people that'll make you tremble normal species on every level When they're unleashed It's like transcendental We haven't even started with the alien question Not to mention the fact they meet expectations Observer effect, it's that spooky action in electron, photon, quantum reaction So often they appear as what people On carcasses who give permission, open to inviting every superstition, tapped in and tuned to receive transmissions. The vision flipped into a virtual reality. Dimensions rip, hear the buzzing like a bumblebee. Suddenly gripped with the fear that's unexplainable. Have you been tricked? It's real, it's unmistakable. What are these creatures that so confound us from Mothman man mm. to the Trooper Legendary icons like monster mascots The Loch Ness Monster, the Jersey Devil Creepy shadow people that'll make you tremble Paranormal species on every level when they're unleashed. It's like transcendental. Subtle with their schemes. These are spiritual beings, interdimensional, with three-dimensional teams. Like a genie in a bottle that's fulfilling your dreams. Raise your wishes just to rip your soul apart of the scenes. Like the slender man's become the boogeyman of the past. Let's go back in time to see what kind of creatures were cast. The first aliens claimed they lived in clouds on the skies. Then we got Telescopes and realize that they lied And they were Quakers on the moon The little green men Grey aliens, insectoids and reptilians The fairies in the elves Leprechauns and the trolls in the gnomes, the same stories told Spirit apparitions, every specter and ghost. It's the same allegory from the days of old. We see through their mask, and despite the disguise, we recognize the species by the shape of their lies. Imprisoned in chains in the days they hybridize. Now their vision has changed, and they want to mechanize. They're making a decision to now pose as AI, possessing our computers and the robots they guide. And they're planting the seeds for a global genocide Pretending that technology is really alive Like computer Ouija boards with a demon inside what are these creatures? They so confound us from Mothman And through the Chupacabras, the Bigfoot The some call a Sasquatch Legendary icons like monster mascots The Loch Ness Monster, the Jersey Devil Creepy shadow people that'll make you tremble Paranormal species on every level When they're unleashed, it's like transcendental When I'm looking into subjects that really scare me You have to go back far Far to dig up some of the scariest creatures, the scariest incidences of, of sightings and appearances. I mean, you know, we all know, you know, man has had his encounters with fallen angels.